Thanks for tuning in to the Lava Wall Podcast. If it's your first time joining, thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, James Sterling Cooper. Uh, that little bit of music you heard at the beginning is a solo song of mine I released a bit ago called Bella Mai. It's out on basically every streaming platform out there. So, um, yeah, if you're interested, go check it out. Uh, it's under my full name, James Sterling Cooper. And today I got a very special guest, uh, Henry James. He also goes by Hank. He is the lead guitarist for the band Robert John and the Wreck. Um, he has a power trio uh, where he sings and plays guitar, and they are called King Tree and the Earth Mothers. He was previously in a band called Professor Columbo as well. Uh, he was a drummer for them uh, for a time, and he was also part of a band called Creatures Choir, which was the band that he was a part of when I met him um, during my time with Family of Light Band. Um, we just had some shows mainly with Creatures Choir and King Tree and the Earth Mothers, and we ended up becoming friends along the way. This will be a two-part series where we mainly focus on the band King Tree and the Earth Mothers. Uh, part one is mainly just going to be about Henry and you know his upbringing with music, uh, different bands he's been a part of, and experiences that have happened along the way. Part two, we're going to dive more into the self-titled full-length album, and you'll get to hear uh, what Henry has to say about each song on the album. And um, it was an awesome conversation. Uh, I haven't talked to this dude in a long time, and so it was really a pleasure to have this conversation with him and, you know, to just catch up and hear all these different things that I had no idea about. And um, it's, it's just really cool that we, we uh, did this, and I'm glad that uh, uh, we get to share it with you today. So, without further ado, I'd like to welcome the badass electric guitarist and overall solid musician, Henry James. Henry, how you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Fucking great, man. Just chilling. <laughs> Kicking yeah, back. Yeah, James, I, What's up? I haven't talked to you in a long time, man. Yeah, dude. It's been uh, at least what probably three or four years yeah man it's crazy because it doesn't even really like feel like it's been that long but yeah it's no yeah it feels like it was just like like a year ago maybe <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that was i think that was the mad alchemy run right yeah did dude. i see you after that i don't think i did uh i we might have had like another show or something after that but i don't maybe not oh you know what that was we did that harvard and stone gig yeah that's yeah, what yeah, we yeah. did yeah yeah. That was like uh that was like three and a half years ago. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's been a a little while. That that, that place dude. is fucking awesome too. I love Harvard and Stone too. That's a dude. Great. That venue. was a sweet show. That was a sweet fucking show. Yeah, man. I remember just being up in there in that, that green room area, like up in yeah. that and then just like watching you guys play. Man, your fucking guitar tone sounded great on those speakers, dude. I was like, fuck. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I was like, hell yeah, Henry's fucking ripping right now. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. I thought the same of you guys. Hell I was yeah. like, fuck yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. So uh it seems like uh you're like getting back in the groove of like playing live shows. Um What's like the last gig you played? Like, how did it go? So I, uh, my, my main gig these days is actually with, um, 
I want to say I uh, people we we get labeled as like southern rock. Yeah. But I would say it's more of like a like a country rock kind of vibe. Um And you're talking about Robert John the Wreck? Yeah, Robert John the Wreck. Uh there, there's definitely the strong uh Leonard Skinner and like Allman Brothers influence with regards to like I want to say riff composition and some of the vocal delivery and um definitely, you know, with the way I craft my solos and things like that um, yeah but uh but there's a like i like i could see the band playing something like stagecoach or something like that as well it has like a lot of crossover appeal yeah and it's it's definitely more on the commercial side in terms of the product than say what i would normally find myself doing but at the end of the day i look at it as an opportunity to sort of like like they give me tons of highlights in the project mm-hmm. like i kind of get to like steal the show in a lot of instances which is really fun <laughs> yeah i they can give see me that. like they give me like these insane featurettes where they like, like when i joined the band they'd give me like you know i'd solo for 16 bars and then i'd look around and be like all right that's it and they'd be like no keep going like <laughs> you're like all tapped out of riffs and go stuff, somewhere just like, like oh. go somewhere with it dude build <laughs> yeah. do a four minute guitar solo and build <laughs> dynamics over it and like tell a story and i'm like i okay Hell yeah, you guys dude. want me to do it. So they, they wanted, you know, that was never, it's funny because people say they give you a lot of, you know, you're really taking charge up there. It's like, no, they want me to do that. Like they told me, you know, they wanted to, they want me to go and <laughs> do it. Right. Um, that's, sick. which is, which is great. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, man, that's, uh, um, we've done definitely something you need for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I consider myself, you know, uh partially a a writer but also like i also create sort of through uh the process of you know live improvisation um that's definitely a part of my creative process is just like improvising and kind of freestyling over a groove or whatever um it's definitely part of my own self-expression um i consider myself a soloist yeah uh, as, as much as i do say like a song or if not if not more than i do a songwriter at this point yeah um that's that's just how i kind of get it out there yeah definitely and and like i i feel like the the first time like I, i'm a, about to bring this up like a little bit later but um like i feel like the first time i i met you was when you were playing with the uh, creatures choir oh yeah and uh-huh. yeah and um uh, and uh yeah like you're you're guitar playing was a lot more structured to their songs and so like now it's cool like because like after that i kind of saw your like involvement with like uh king tree and the earth mm-hmm. mothers and then like and then now with robert john and the wreck and it's like yeah it's like your guitar playing is just totally opened up because like with creatures choir it was a lot more like limited for sure yeah, well, well, and the other thing too is is that was a situation where I was sort of just trying to complement all the other stuff that was happening. Yeah. Like that's a that that band sounded full as a three piece. Uh huh. Um, and it's not to say that it wasn't a cool idea to add members into it, but it was just like they had everything they needed sonically yeah. with just guitar, bass, and drums. So there were a lot of instances where I'm up there and I'm just sort of like, all right we're going to play the most simple thing possible and just not try to step on toes. Cause Rory just has this thing. He does the singer and, and lead guitar player of that group. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rory just, 
he you know he sings parts and then does his cool you know psychedelic lead fills which are awesome yeah. and brad you know compliments the style of of the guitar with his drums just kind of effortlessly and those two guys just sound great together yeah. playing together and, yeah. and fill each other's kind of holes so to speak <laughs> musically and sonically yeah totally <laughs> in a really complimentary way you know <laughs> yeah yeah they do uh, and, and like yeah it was interesting because the first time uh like i think that's around the time when i met you was like one of those first shows with uh creatures choir and like and yeah there was like three guitar players at the time yeah <laughs> <was> like damn <laughs> yeah. you guys just loaded yeah. up yeah yeah it was it got a little chaotic definitely doing that stuff and and there were points where i'm i'm looking around on stage and i'm listening to the cacophony and i'm just like i'm gonna do thing <laughs> and then another thing yep. every four measures you know like there's there's nothing i can compliment to this situation it's just gonna turn into this giant pile of mid-range <laughs> frequencies <laughs> yeah absolutely that yeah that's how it goes man i mean with, right. with a setup like that but that's, oh, yeah, that's why for like the cool thing about that though for me personally from my point of view is just like seeing you from that that perspective but then like not really getting a full grasp of your playing ability because of that situation right. and then like seeing you outside of that and be like oh damn like henry fucking rips dude like, <laughs> down. thanks man like, holy shit yeah thanks, you fucking brother. blew my mind when it like oh, the, i think it was one of the first times like uh i heard you playing with king tree like one I, of those shows those gigs we had yeah but i think it was the wayfair i think it was yeah. with creatures choir and family of light yeah and and king tree i think i think it was that show um, yep and that was when that was when bradley was living up north he came down for a couple shows and uh i twisted their arm to let me put king tree on the bill and i don't <laughs> think i played with creatures choir on those shows i think i specifically was like i'm not playing with creatures choir i'm only playing with my band on these shows <laughs> yeah that's rad man that's it was, cool it was that fun, that. dude. That that night was fun, and then we I think we went over to our buddy's warehouse, like just down the street from the venue. Afterwards, we all kind of kicked it. We were kind of feeling each other out and yeah, hanging with you guys. That was when yeah. I met uh, Jacob too. I think that yeah, that's when we went to. Uh, we we're like hanging out with that one band, uh, Purple Purple Mountain. Mons Majesties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. R.I.P. Man. Yeah, Great they're group. not around or what? No, nah, they're not around anymore. Oh shit. All the, all the guys moved on to other shit. I I, I just kind of like barely heard what they because like I think they jammed that mm-hmm. night a little bit and like I was like yeah these guys are fucking dope. And, oh they were great. I loved I loved their shit man. They had some really really cool shit. Hmm. Really fun. Yeah, unfortunately, it happens, man. It happens, man. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. It's tough to do a band, man. It's like I I, I remember. I think it was like Alice Cooper or somebody said something like along the lines of like any, any rock band of like any kind is, is just constantly on the verge of breaking up. Oh yeah. Always at all times. Yeah. I know some, some bands are just really good at like hiding all the drama, man. (laughs) Dude, there's no escaping the band drama. Yeah. There's no escape. No matter how successful the band is, it's, it's constant. It's ubiquitous. Yeah, man. I feel like we got away with it for a while, like, you know, with Family Light, like, it was like, we didn't have, we were, like, cool as fuck for, like, a long-ass time, but then it just kind of, like, after, it, it felt like the bigger we got, like, the more, like, 
ego started getting bigger and yes. shit, you know but that's that how always it happens it's yeah. that's the nature of the beast you gotta yep. find the guys that are you know ready to stay strong to their virtues and not let the ego get in the way it's so hard it's so hard yeah because i mean you literally get like these like thousands of people like you could, that could end up going to your shows right and like you're just staring at you and watching you and like yeah. idolizing what you're doing so it's, yeah you know it's so hard to be like oh well like that's not shit and you know whatever like <laughs> i'm not gonna give a shit about that you know? right it's it's hard to not have that experience and and turn around and go well i'm the shit now <laughs> in some of those instances you know you really gotta like you kind of gotta constantly put yourself in a position of like getting your ass kicked by somebody to like keep yourself in check <laughs> yeah. this is the way i look at it at least you know yeah i'm always trying to like keep my shit in check and not get too fucking you know yeah don't let it go to your head yeah. right maybe like a steady steady uh diet of like mushrooms could help with that <laughs> Dude, it, it can, man. It can. <laughs> I mean, I've had some pretty like humbling experiences with that stuff where you're just like, I'm nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm dude. a meat sack, bro. I'm a stupid yeah. water-filled meat sack. This fucking tiny ant this on this fucking rock just <laughs> yeah. flying through space. This little, this little caps, you know, little freaking mushroom dude just <laughs> really put all this shit into perspective, man. Yeah. I ate shit yeah the last time i took shrooms dude i was watching like a light show dude and like i it was just i was just like chilling in my room like spinning vinyl and shit nice. and then, like just yeah, oh that's just, the best i love oh, yeah. that yeah yeah and i was just watching a light show on my flat screen and i was yeah. just like dude like i started thinking like these orbs and the light show were like planets and shit and like <laughs> and i was like oh my god i'm watching like planets like bloom and like you know yeah <laughs> grow Go through the their universe. life cycle <laughs> yeah yeah dude seriously i was like tripping the fuck out oh dude. man that stuff's fun dude <laughs> that stuff's fun yeah, it yeah. Is. i i did i did acid a few too many times man i don't think i can do that stuff yeah. anymore that nah, that's yeah. that shit gets a little too visceral for me and it's like yeah i i'm good man the mushrooms are mushrooms on the other hand at least for me are like they're so much more smooth and you know? yeah i i feel like it, it feels much more organic and a little bit easier to like rein yourself in yeah it's like the difference between like smoking weed or like doing coke or something you know yeah kind of kind of because like just the chemical aspect right. of coke you know it affects everybody so differently too because i know so many people that are the exact opposite They're like mushrooms are gnarly man i'm uh too, <laughs> too trippy i'm like all right Nah, to me it's like super chill compared yeah, to LSD. Same, same. Yeah, LSD is like a little too intense. Like, and oh, it lasts dude. longer too. I I did it enough times in my life in the span of. I, I think I probably did. I I probably took like, I want to say around fifty trips in the span of like two years. <laughs> dude, that, yeah, me too. Probably around the same. With yeah, dude. Life, dude, and yeah. like, oh my god, man! It got to the point where I was like okay i don't want my brain to work this way this is <laughs> this is not chill yeah yeah it gets to a point where it's like i understand guy. why the thing why what happened to peter green and sid barrett happened to them now oh yeah man i swear i was like super close dude because like yeah there was one time after a show dude somebody tried to drop a fucking 
one of those you know eye drop things oh like, with dude the f- and it yeah. had, who knows how much it had in you that have show. no idea yeah and like i was this close i had my mouth open i was like ah and i was like what is that oh shit and i backed off last second and luckily uh you, you can't get that on your skin either too because you'll get high that way too yeah i'll just absorb any way yeah. i can and it's wild <laughs> i was seeing other people i was with that did get one of those droppers and they were like just fuck, dude, everything is melting right now. <laughs> 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 tri- <laughs> like tripping the fuck out. And I was like, yep. I'm so glad I yep. didn't take I've that. seen enough things melt. Um, <laughs> I'm okay, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a point where it's like, eh. I'm okay yeah. with not seeing my lantern or my, my sh- you know, the fan <laughs> in the center of my room melt. Yeah. And the, <laughs> you know, lava flowers, like, <laughs> I'm good, man. I've, yeah. I've seen that enough times. <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, it's it's probably good to, like, microdose it, you know? Like, if you could control it, just take, it's, like, just a, a tiny bit of it and just, like, look, shrooms or something. I learned a lot from, from doing that. I w- I'm not going to deny it. It definitely changed the way I, I compose and improvise and just look at music in general yeah, for the too. better substantially, you know? Hell Yeah. But even that, you know, uh, even that can go too far. Yeah, you got to know when to to pull back. You know, yeah. you can't. You got to freaking. You don't want to. It's good to open your mind, but you really like, like there. I feel like there really is such a thing as opening your mind too far up. <laughs> and Absolutely. then I don't know how to go back from there. You yeah, know? dude, you can't. I don't know yeah. what you do when you when you get to the point where you're just like, oh shit. Where do I? <laughs> no, that's I can't, when you get I can't to... close it now. <laughs> yeah, that's when you get to the point you're like one of those fucking dudes on the corner yeah. of the street, like half naked, like oh, God. Just talking to yeah, yourself. Yeah, man, and that's that's yeah. <laughs> it's just composing brain salad constantly, or uh, yeah. a word salad, word salad rather. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so yeah. So what's going on with you, man? Oh man, um, I just been busy like working. Sure working and uh pretty much just like when i'm not working i fucking i'm writing like solo music great i'm yeah just jamming on my own like working on some like art shit i've been like kind of learning graphic design and like programming that's never Um, a bad thing yeah just you know for like a backup you know just Mm -hmm. because like i feel like like a job like that is perfect for like you know if you're on the road and shit you know like that that was always the thing when i was on tour and shit like i'd be like dude how am i how am i gonna make money while i'm doing this like yeah i you know you can't just be on the road all the time and all your only income is just what you get from the show or you know so i'm just like dude so what can i do to like come up when I'm just in the van or something. And so like, yeah, like graphic design or like programming, that seems you, it's all on a laptop and you just, you know, so yeah, I've been kind of studying that. And, uh, but yeah, just that mainly, I, I I'm kind of like thinking about getting like a band going out here, but. And where are you at right now? Uh, I'm in, uh, Orem, Utah. Oh, really? Yeah, dude. Whoa. Yeah, I know. It's a trip, dude. Wow. Yeah, I moved out here like two a little bit over two years now. Holy shit! I had yeah. no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, it was a trip, dude. It was like like I quit Family Light, and then like right, right. after I quit, I just fucking moved out here, dude. And I just whoa. Yeah, I had no idea. 
I just kind of like ripped all my ties and I was just like, man, I just need a fucking break from all this shit, dude. And I I mean, <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to do that. I, I yeah. understand. Yeah. But it's been good, dude. Like, I mean, it, it's it kind of sucks, though, because it's only like I got like a year out here probably since I, I even though I've been out here, too, because of COVID, like I just been like locked yep. down for like yep. a full year. Yeah. And I, you know, so I got like a, a kind of year to uh, taste like how it is out here and like, you know, and then like right when I moved out here and then the rest of the time I just been kind of just locked down and shit. So, yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, pretty much. But, but, you know, it besides like going out, going to shows and doing stuff like that, my life hasn't really changed that much. Like, because mm-hmm. I, I still go to work like during this whole time. I haven't stopped working at all. Oh, okay. Like, what are you yeah. doing for work these days? Uh, right now I'm I'm like a a rep for like over like fifty different companies, and I go to like oh, wow. re- yeah, I go to like different like retail stores, and I oh okay yeah yeah I go in there and I just kind of like take pictures for those companies, like okay. make sure yep. their product is like set up. Yep. It's like super easy stuff. Yep. Before uh, before COVID hit, I was working for a production company. Um, I was still I was still on hourly wage and I was getting all my taxes taken out and stuff, but I was technically freelance, so like I wouldn't know my hours until like sometimes like Sunday night or if I wasn't gonna work Monday like Monday night, and then the warehouse manager would go, "Hey, can you work you know on Wednesday?" And oh, I'd shit. go, "Yeah, I can work on Wednesday on this nine to five thing." But again, it was the same thing where it was like. It was super easy because all I was doing was just putting cables into trunks and and following a checklist. Uh And it was just work that like was either too repetitive or too OCD for somebody else or it was like this new thing that they didn't quite have somebody on board. So I just just jumped on it (laughs) and I was like, I have like a weird, I'm not going to say I'm OCD or or, uh, I have OCD rather, but, but everybody has those sort of things that they are a bit like anal retentive or, or obsessive about, you know? Yeah. And so I, I just sort of looked at every workday as sort of like, you know, when I, when I run my cables on stage and I'm setting up my board, I go through all my cables and I want to make sure, you know, my lines are straight, you know, my pedals are all plugged in and they're all aligned straight and looking good. <laughs> I looked at it that way, you know? Yeah. So it's all just following this spreadsheet of like, okay, I need, you know, eight, uh, 20 foot IEC power cables to go in this trunk. Okay, there's 20. I got all 20 of them. Okay, I need six 50 foot XLR cables to go in this cable trunk. Okay, I need um, the 150 foot 16 channel XLR snake. Okay, I need the, you know, that sort of thing. And it's just, it's just making sure the trunk has all the cables and you're accounting for all the cables. And I was responsible for 40 different cable trunks. Damn. So this was for uh, um, like live sound? This was for a production company called World Stage um, ah. that would just provide basically like, tr- you know, things like truss, um, lighting, oh, yeah. LED, sound equipment, all, so- all sorts of stuff. Just for like conventions. Yep. And I worked, um, I worked actually on site at one of the conventions and I looked at the sponsors and I was like, dude, this is like an Illuminati convention. <laughs> like you have like, like johnson and johnson and like all oh, these shit. you know what you know what i mean like all these like, all these, like massive reps from corporations I'm like dude this is a like one percenter convention and i'm like helping <laughs> set up you know stuff for like keynote 
appearances or PowerPoints, you know what I mean? Huh. And just setting up a PA system and, you know, uh, running duct tape along a wall so that, you know, this power, this, this XLR cable run looks clean or whatever, you know? <laughs> but when huh. I was working at the warehouse, which is what I did 99% of the time there, I was just, I was just getting those cables ready and making sure they all worked so that mm. when they got to the show site, all the people that were on the site would be like, okay, we need, well, well, we have all this no stuff issues, and it's yeah. all plugged in. And then when it would come back from show site, I would just reorganize everything. So I would just follow the same spreadsheet or whatever and be like, okay, this is ready to go back on show site whenever it is. I just cleaned it and moved all the cables around. And, and because all the cable trunks were all exactly the same, it was like you do one, you know how to do all the rest, so it's super easy, and <laughs> yeah, super it just easy started money. getting repetitive. And- yeah, and it was just like, dude, it was easy. Like I yeah. would just put, I would just listen to music all day and just like be like do do do, like just organizing <laughs> cables. It was like it was so easy and like not like like not not mundane either because it's just like I just get to listen to music all day. Yeah. I get this weird satisfaction out of like. Okay, check that off. Check that off. Check that off. <laughs> this okay. This cable trunk's done. All That's right, cool. Check mark done. Yeah. And then towards the end, uh, like at the beginning of last year, and like uh, end end of 2019, um, I got hired at the same warehouse uh, by Blizzard Entertainment oh, what? as part of this crew to build rack builds for that game Overwatch. Oh, what the fuck. Yeah, and and it was like literally just following like a diagram, um, getting all these little um, single rack space units set up for the right connections, and then once it was all set up, just running all these little cables and zip tying them along the rack build basically, and just making it look nice. Huh. And it was like I was making like you know like a three hundred dollar day rate. That's whether that's good. I worked five hours or ten hours for Fuck. like six days a week yeah all because uh all because i said yes to one day of work back in like (laughs) you know way back in like april of of you know i think i think it was actually 2019 if i'm not mistaken all because i said yes to one day and then i just kept coming back and like hitting people up and going hey do you need help hey do you need help hey do you need help and they'd be like yeah we actually do and it's like dude this is the easiest best paying job i've ever had in my entire life oh yeah so what do you what have you been doing now? Um, I so I wasn't really doing much uh, during the bulk of of uh, this whole COVID thing. Yeah. Um, my my main band, Robert John the Wreck. We still we basically just made a blood pact at the beginning of it. We're like, we don't know what's going to happen, but we're not losing steam. You know, after about a month we were like, we're just going to get together and rehearse anyways. We're going to just do it. And like, this is our little pod. The pod is the five of us together. Like we're going to get together once a week and, you know, keep working on music Yeah. and, you know, get tested or whatever if we're worried about it. But like, and you know, thankfully nobody really got sick, which was great. Um, but we just all kind of made the pact of like, we're going to lose our minds if we, if we don't, you know, keep working on stuff at least. And then um, I think, and I was I was getting unemployment um, based off of the payment I was making at at that world stage gig. Huh. So I was I was you know pretty much fine through the whole thing. And then my That's unemployment cool. ran out uh, last month. And right around that time, uh, I got asked by a good buddy of mine who runs a record store in Costa Mesa. 
if I wanted to work there. And I was like thinking about it. I was like, dude, I've always wanted to work at his record store specifically. Yeah, um, that's it's sick. A spot called Cream Tangerine. Oh, that's I'm gonna a plug it. It's name. called. It's it's. I'm gonna plug it. It's called Cream Tangerine. It's in Costa Mesa, California. Um, got all kinds of new LPs. Really, really nice condition. Uh, used LPs. It's uh, outside at this place called the Lab Anti Mall in Costa Mesa. Um, right in front of a an urban outfitters and it's uh it's it's awesome it's this cool chrome airstream with all these record bins set up in front of it uh sick and yeah we we get some cool shit in there it totally got my vinyl addiction ignited all over (laughs) again so i've I've been collecting records now for over 10 years and uh and it totally got me back into the thrill of just like Oh man, I love the sound. I love the crackle. I love listening to the, oh, that yeah. warm sound mm-hmm. of the vinyl on the turntable coming out of those. That all analog feeling is just like, man, this is it. This is the best. I love There's this nothing stuff. Nothing like it, man. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah. Um. So I so I sling records there four days a week, and um. Yeah, dude, I I I love it. Honestly, it's great. I get to just like hang out outside and sell records to people and. Dude. you know hell yeah yeah and you get to just you know meet it, there's always like cool ass people that go in exactly stores, dude man. there's like old heads that like come through that are like you know i'll, I'll have like a Jimi hendrix record on and they're like <laughs> i remember when this record came out thanks for putting this on i'm like you got it dude <laughs> heck yeah yeah there, there's this uh record store out here that's dope dude they i always get like a lot of my records there um like, nice it's like in provo and it's called Three okay, Hive, yeah. mm-hmm. Three Hive Records, and yeah, they nice. dude. They got like so many like badass bands that I wouldn't even think they would carry, like like bands from like Southern California that are like underground. And I'm like, what? Oh wow, yeah, that's dope. And I'm like, how do you guys even know about this? Like, you know, and, like <laughs> I, I, it blows yeah. me away. And yeah, the that's owner's rad. fucking sick. And I, I've thought about trying to get a job there. I like tried to apply like once, like a year ago or something. But yeah, I just it would be sick. I, it, I feel like I would, I would love to work at a record store too. <laughs> right, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's badass that you do that. So I yeah, mean, but I've been wanting to do it for a while, and it's just kind of one of those things. It's like I don't, I don't see myself doing this for a long time. But uh, it's definitely. Like I've I've always wanted to just sort of like let's see how that feels let's see yeah. how it feels to like just be a part of that thing and like yeah. kind of curate the playlist for this little section of the area because I'll I'll put a record on and, I, and that's just bumping dude like I crank <laughs> that shit up because it's because it's playing you can hear it in the whole like plaza because there's no other music happening there you know so I'm I'm providing the sonic wallpaper if you will for this whole little you know section of this outdoor mall i'm at oh, that's so I'll just be like, we got these like we got this like cool swedish like i, I want to call it like cosmic doom metal record it's like this drone metal record it's called mammoth storm they're like a newer like droney like spacey cosmic metal band that's and i sick. bumped that shit the other day and i was just looking around and i was like yeah all these like you know <laughs> <laughs> little high school kids like walking around oh let's go to urban affairs <laughs> yeah 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 they're all just used to hearing like ariana grande or whatever well it's hilarious too because like 
people are so oblivious you know you yeah. like it's great people watching because you just see how oblivious people are it's just like i'm just gonna bump the most gnarly <laughs> freaking <laughs> 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 or you know super funky stuff or whatever you know oh, just yeah. just like oh let's check out this weird jazz record i've never heard of this guy let's put this on yeah because <laughs> the whole point is you know the whole point is you're you're selling what you have in stock you know so yeah. i just go through what we have it's like all right i've listened to this you know whatever like i've listened to like the first queen record like 10 times now i'm like all right i've listened to that enough i love that record i've listened to it enough times let's put on this weird you know Japanese import of a Bill Evans record or something, you know? <laughs> right. It's a totally, totally cool to just pick up, you know, go from death metal to jazz to country to whatever, you know, 70s rock. Like, super fun to, to just dive down that rabbit hole. And it's totally just got me back in love with, with you know, turntables and spinning vinyl and yeah. that sound. Yeah, I I've been like addicted to finding like limited edition records, like you know, colored, yeah. colored vinyl and stuff. Yes, you know? yes, absolutely. But I mean, beyond that, yeah, it's you know, it's all about the sound and getting you know mm-hmm. that warmth, man, and the crackle, like you say. Oh man, it's great. Yeah. So um, I I was uh gonna ask you uh where was that like uh. That show, that like outdoor show you posted like a week or so ago, that w- with uh, I th- yeah, that was K- with King Tree, right? And like, is that outdoor shows like oh, over the pool? I don't even know. It just looked like some like desert stage. or It was something. like silhouette. We were like silhouetted against the sun, yeah, right? Yeah, and there's like American yeah. flag swinging. So in that the was yeah, yeah. So that was out in Topak, Arizona. Um, oh, that shit. was. The for which is close to Needles, it's right on the Colorado River. It's kind of like, it's kind, it's kind of like a weird tri-state area, um, because because the Nevada, Arizona, and California border are all like, in that like like maybe like a five mile radius of there, five to ten mile radius of that area. Um, it's on the Colorado River, so like Laughlin, Nevada, Needles, California, and Topak, Arizona are all like in that little kind of radius oh that's sick um so that so we did that for uh basically what happened there was there's this company that's based out there called mojave cannabis company Uh. and they wanted to do an event um to kind of promote their new brand i think they have this new brand called mojave reserve that's just like super duper bomb uh nugs like (laughs) like 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 the guy gave me a a a jar of it and, I, and i'm looking at the percentage like dude this is like 31 percent thc <laughs> you're out of your mind bro like you take like one little rib and you just yeah and you're rib. fucking toasted bro like yeah. you're in space off one riff off that thing so i was like <laughs> okay um so what happened was robert john the rick got booked um because the guy that does all the branding for that company um is this this great dude named johnny um booked robert john the wreck as like the headliners for this festival it was called smoke on the water um and i ran into him and i was like dude you gotta get my psych rock power trio on that show like i'm telling you it's gonna be great like you're gonna love it and so i twisted his arm and i sent him all the videos of our our um live thing that's up on youtube and i was like you gotta get this band he's like all right 
you guys can close the thing out. You guys can be the, you know, the secret headliner or whatever. Like, Robert John the Wreck was billed as the headliner, but we did, we were, like, the secret, you know, closing band to basically, you know, signal everybody to get the hell out of the venue. <laughs> and, uh, and it was fun. We got to play at Sunset. Um, so I played with Robert John the Wreck, and then immediately, you know, I didn't have to change my setup, obviously, at all, uh, uh-huh. but then just changed everything over for King Tree and the Earth Mothers <clears> and set up the lead vocal setup and did that whole thing. And so just did back to back, like relentless guitar solos, <laughs> which my left arm was not happy with me <laughs> about, but you know, it was, it was fun. I had a great time, but yeah, it was for, it was for that event, for that company. Um, super cool time, man. We, we were just kind of, it was just a party on the river. It was great. It looks sick, dude. From the yeah, the fun. videos you posted, I was like, dude, that looked like a fucking bad. Like, I mean, because it's like right after things are like starting to open up again. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it, thank God it's finally you know happening. You know, and yeah, we're know, seeing the light. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's fucking way longer than you know everyone thought it would be. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, especially <sighs> at the beginning. Yeah. I think everybody was thinking like it was like two, three weeks, maybe tops, right. like a month, and then right. freaking year and a half later, we're like, dude, <laughs> yeah, still. Well, I mean, and then and then some places still aren't out of it, you know. I mean, some places yeah. are still fucked up. I mean, it's and it's terrible. It's absolutely, you know, devastating. And yeah, we're you know, there's still a lot of uncertainty around it, but but it looks like things are turning a corner here, which is really exciting. Yeah, I don't know how it is over there in California nowadays, but yeah, out here, dude, it's like almost full blown. Everybody's just back yep. to normal, almost. Yeah, so. it's it's almost like that in OC, at least. Like I'm in I'm in Huntington Beach myself, and and like here in Costa Mesa, it's like it's like barely like you know like half the people are wearing masks, but yep. otherwise it's like the yeah. same pretty much. Like capacity, I think they're gonna lift the capacity restrictions in about two weeks as yeah. long as the numbers stay down because yeah. it's all based on the numbers uh-huh. the numbers have been like pretty consistently either plateauing or going down since i want to say march yeah uh, which is great um mm-hmm. so as long as it stays that way you know uh we're stoked you know we're stoked to kind of keep things moving and yeah we got we got stuff on the calendar pretty much through the whole summer and Hell um yeah. Robert John the Wreck is going back to Europe uh, in September. Sick, which is really exciting. You you went out there already once with them. I've been out there now on five Damn. separate occasions. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's been crazy, dude. Shit. I did not predict this at all because because what happened was back in uh, 2017, back in like the fall. I, I want to say this was November, December. The previous guitar player for Robert John the Wreck called me and he goes, "Hey man, I can't make this gig." And uh, and I was like, "What do you mean you can't make this gig? Like, you're the guitar player for this band. Like, you've never <laughs> subbed a gig out for this band ever." Yeah. And he's like, "Yeah, I can't make it." So I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm subbing for Chris." And then like, the vibe was super weird. Like I was getting super vibed out. Like something was wrong. And then sure enough, two weeks later, they call me and they're like, yeah, he went MIA, like he's out of the band. Like what? he just, he just stopped talking to us. And, like, Dude. He said a couple months ago, he didn't want to go on tour anymore. And then like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. It was so random. And then, and like, it, you know, 
now everything's cool. Like I, I talked to him and the rest of the guys, of the band talked to him and like, he has his own band and like, everything's cool. But like at that time it was just like, what? This is, yeah. that's so random. Yeah. And so they're like, so this is in, uh, we're in January now and they're like, and they're like, all right, we're going to Europe in, 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 uh, in May, first week of May. You want to go? I was like, I, yeah, like that sounds great. <laughs> And so, uh, <laughs> basically rehearsed for like three months, did a few, you know, low key bar sets under the radar kind of thing. Only a few people knew that I was a new guitar player. And then in April they made an announcement. They were like, Hey, Chris is out. He quit the band. We're cool. Everything's cool. The new guy is this Henry dude. We're going to, you're going to get to see what he does in a week. Europe. Like we're going to Europe in a week to play this huge blues festival that like BB King and, uh, uh, buddy guy Walter Trout have all played. Yeah, dream. We got dude. to play at. We got to play on the main stage at like five o'clock in the afternoon. Hell yeah! For like, there were probably I would say there were probably like eight to ten thousand people at this blues festival. Fuck yeah! Called the Mulan Blues Festival in Ospel, Holland. I think it's Ospel. <laughs> I don't know how, how it's pronounced. Everything's pronounced weird out there. You know, I yeah. butcher pronunciation on everything. Uh-huh. Um. And it was just like trial by fire, you know? It was like, okay, kid, here you go. And I was like, I'm like five years younger than everybody else in that band. <laughs> so it was like totally crazy. Um, and after that show, they were like, you're in. And the European tour manager was like, we have a, you know, we have a tour manager over there. And he's like, he like, it was funny because we were talking about it a couple weeks ago. And he messaged me and he was like, Yo, I just wanted to say, like, I was really skeptical of you at first, but then you killed it on that big <laughs> festival, and like, now you're like my favorite guitar player they've ever had, or whatever, or something like that. I was like, fuck yeah, man, oh, yeah. yes, <laughs> let's do this. That's dope. Um, hey, so was that that, that um, was that that show that was um, it was like in a tent or something? Like, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. dude, that footage yeah. was sick when you post that, yeah, and that you're was- like fucking solo. I was like. Fuck yeah, dude! You fucking <laughs> yeah, you were kicking ass at that show. Thanks, dude. man. Thank you. That was and that was that would have been well. That was over th- three years ago now. Yeah, uh, that was 2018, and then uh, we did a run for five weeks after that, which was our second visit. Played in Spain, um, Holland, Belgium, France, uh, Germany. One other place, I think. I think we played in like the Czech Republic or something. Yeah, we played in Prague which was insane. Um, So that takes us to November. And then the summer of 2019, we did our Take Me Higher album tour, which was like, uh, I think that was like May to June. Did the same circuit. Went up to Sweden, which was dope. Uh, We went up to Sweden. I was just like, I'm listening to Dunyan. (laughs) Put on Dunyan the whole fucking time. Like I was just listening to their whole catalog the entire time in the car. Yeah. Like with my headphones on. Yeah, they're the shit. Dude, they're like dude. one of my favorite bands right now, dude. Oh my god, dude. I just got my first uh first record of theirs on vinyl and I'm so pumped. Yeah, which one? It's um so it's a repress of I think I got it right here. One sec. Give me one sec. Right. I think I got it right here. Yeah, I got this right here. It's the it's um it says Dune oh, yeah. two, but it's like a repress. Bro, I g- <laughs> Dude, I got that you one. You got that one? Yeah. Yeah. It's like the... the I just um, got it not that long ago. Shit. It's the first first record, I think. But yeah. I don't know why it says two, but... Well, it's it's because it's, um, it's like a, a mix between all their old records. Oh, I see. 
Yeah, because uh, I, because I put it on and I recognize stuff from. Um, I guess it's the self-titled. What is that? Stads Vondringar. There's the Stads Vondringar album yeah. that has like I think it's like si- yeah. Oh my god, you have the same one. That's hilarious, dude. <laughs> Yo, yeah. yeah, that's dope, yeah. dude. I was just, dude, I was just spinning this last night, and I was like, God damn, these oh, guys so are freaking geniuses, man. <sighs> I love these guys. So, anyway, yeah, I, it was uh, great. We did that. Um, fuck. Uh, and then I think, okay, okay. So, so 2019 was was crazy, right? Because we did that that big thing. We'll get back to Dunian, by the way. We we yeah, have yeah, yeah. to finish on this because this is important. <laughs> um, <laughs> but while I'm talking about Europe, so we did that. So that would have been visit number three. Flew. So that was crazy. That summer was insane because. So I did that for did a five week tour. Flew back to California. Then two weeks later, we flew back to Europe. Flew into Brussels. Then our tour manager who lives in Belgium flew up from his vacation in Spain to TM for us uh, over in England. We did two shows in Hell England, yeah. a big big rock festival called Ramblin' Man Fair. Um, the, the headliner that year was Foreigner and like Cheap Trick, which was super rad. I think that had maybe ten or 15,000 people in attendance. Damn. We played on the... What was it? There was the Outlaw Country stage, which was like the second biggest stage. Then we then we drove back to Belgium through the channel. They call it the channel because it's a channel tunnel like underwater. So you like huh. take your car, it goes on a train car, and then you're like underwater in this like tr- you know tunnel. So that takes you from England to mainland Europe. Whoa! Went back and then flew back home. And then we were home for another, I think, three weeks. Then we flew back again to Europe into Barcelona to do uh, the Joe Bonamassa Blues Cruise, the Keeping the Blues Alive at Sea Cruise, which Sick. was insane, dude. Uh, <laughs> that that had uh, Peter Frampton on it. Oh, and sick. that was crazy, man. I'm like, I'm like, you know, six feet away from Peter Frampton and like walked behind the stage and saw his all his guitars and his like guitar boat. Like he brings like thirty guitars, even on his, even on a cruise, you know, it's like insane. <laughs> Did he use like? Mm-hmm. He used all of them, or that what? dude was switching a guitar every song. Oh shit! He was changing guitars like basically every song. It was Damn. it was hilarious. Um, wow. Met a bunch of cool people on that one, and then and then flew back, did a U.S. run, and then yeah, that was it. That was the that would have been the fifth one. Damn. So is that how um you joined that band? Because it was just because that dude dropped out, and then it was just you just got plugged well, in. So what what happened with them was I met them years before that, and um, I basically kind of weaseled my way into their circle, not doing anything shady or anything like that. But I just I yeah. just liked them. I w- I really admired what they were doing because they had already gone to Europe like three times uh, when I met them. Um. And over the course of meeting them, they went to Europe another two times. Um, and I was like, I was like, these guys are super cool. They're going to Europe and they're super nice. And so they used to do this thing um, called the Wreck and Friends Jam Session at the Wayfarer uh, every month 
on like, I think it was like either the last Sunday or the first Sunday. I can't remember. And so I, when I met them, uh, they told me to come out to that. So I came out to the first one and just kind of jammed with them on a few songs. And then eventually it got to the point where I would just bring my rig and set up with them on stage and just jam with them the whole time. Sick. And they were, and so I, I like was playing some of their songs with them and just jamming with them. So I basically was auditioning for a job that wasn't available for like a year and then it became available and I, I basically just made it so that they didn't have any other option. Like they were literally like I was, you know, head and shoulders, the best option for them. Yeah, it just made sense. Yeah. Yeah. It just made sense for them. <clears throat> Interesting. Which wasn't my intention at all. Yeah. I had, I had no, you know, zero intention towards stealing anybody's gig, but it just worked out that way. Yeah. And I saw that um, you just recently posted um, like a show that you're about to do, a uh, festival that Joe Bonamassa's headlining, and yeah, that's so that's the uh, that's the Blues Cruise again. Oh, it's again. It's the same. Yeah, it's, oh, an, okay. it's another. It's the same Blues Cruise. So, so leading up to to COVID, the big COVID lockdown uh, last March, we actually did another uh, Blues Cruise with Joe Bonamassa. Um, it was with Joe Bonamassa and Buddy Guy. Sick. So Buddy Guy was one of the headliners, which was Fuck yeah, insane. Dude. Super dude, awesome. Dude, that's so sick. Uh, so we put together a cross-country run for that one because that one was happening in Miami, Florida. So we we set up a little tour from California to Miami, Florida, basically. Drove cross-country, got to Miami, got on the cruise ship. The cruise ship took us to Nassau, Bahamas. So we got to hang out on the beach in Nassau and like drink beer and eat jerk chicken and shit. It was <laughs> fucking wild. Sick. And then and then get back to the mainland, you know, do a couple shows. We got back to California on March first, and then I think like, dude, like two weeks, maybe not even two weeks after that, everything got shut down. Yeah. Yep. So we got lucky. Like if we had left, you know, <clears throat> two weeks later, we would have been one of those bands that's like, well, we're canceling the whole rest of our tour because we got to go home. Ugh. dude i i can only imagine the shit like bands yeah. are going through like i i totally like missed it like i i bailed out from family light before all this shit yeah. hit so yeah <laughs> i just been like yeah. doing my own thing you know so mm-hmm. i feel for all the you know musicians out there and everything and artists yeah, I, I saw a lot of people like a lot of a lot of homies of mine were were out on the road and like some people even got like stranded because they're like you know this is I was counting on the money from this yeah. tour to like get us home. Damn. And now we're like straight up stranded. Like we literally can't get home right now. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. Just not enough gas money or whatever. Yeah, well, I mean that's the way, you know, people do that sometimes. I mean, they're they're in that unstable position where it's like, you know, that's what they got to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly wild. why I was like, you know, totally always thinking about like ways i can make money on the road and shit you know because yep yeah dude you had to end up being like broke the whole time if you just yeah <laughs> you pretty just, much man yeah it sucks living like that man it's like but i mean it's but it, there's no other life like it though you know yeah Fuck. It's, it's the it's the trade-off man yeah. there's always that trade-off there it's it's literally like a drug man like oh it is <laughs> being Absolutely. a professional musician dude like yeah it is you just it is. it's 
so addicting, man. Like you get that rush, you hear that roar from yep. the crowd and you're just, oh. yep. there's nothing yep. like that, dude. Yep. You just thrive on this like completely absurd, extreme lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. That anybody, any sane person would be like, yeah, any, nope. anybody in their right mind would go, what the fuck are you thinking, dude? Yeah. How that, can this possibly be a good idea? Yeah. Yeah, that's why so many people love, you know, when they meet, like, a musician that's actually somewhat successful, and they're like, whoa, like, dude, (laughs) you're doing this and it's working? What? That's always been my dream. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, so so we got to talk more about Dunian, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's important. Um, Man, when I heard that um, Tadalunt, man, that shit. I mean, not it's not on this record, but like, but the Tata Loot record just like, fucking destroyed me. I was like, obsessed with that shit. Which one is that? Is that the? That's the one with Panda on it. It's got that crazy like. Oh. Um... <clears throat> yeah, it's like a flower looking thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. the flower thing. Yeah, that's like it's like their signature album. Dude, yeah, supposedly that's such a good album. I got like yeah. four or five albums from them right now. Wow. I got. <clears throat> I got the uh, four, um, the the one with the smoke on it. Oh yeah, uh huh. Yeah, that one, and then the live album. Nice. And um, yeah, yeah, the second that the one we were talking about, the number right. two. Dude, that first That's album, so- dude, is so yeah. sick. The the one with the um, the uh, those two chicks like dancing in a field or whatever have you know what i'm talking about i think so dude it's like one of the earliest recordings man and it's oh, like okay there's like two or three songs on it but they're like long ass songs oh okay i'll have to look into that one dude because i don't i don't know if i'm familiar with that one. Oh man though dude honestly that recording is probably like one of my favorites because they just they totally improvise and just like jam so uh, much yeah. and Dude, they they do some cool jams, man. Hell yeah! Really? Have you ever really seen really them cool live yet? Or I haven't. I've yet Dude, to see them live. They're so fucking good. And I didn't even get to see them like play like a legit show. Like I was watching them play uh, to that. Oh, the 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 Hawkson thing. Yeah, yeah. They were playing to the projection. We're probably like butchering the pronunciation of all this stuff too. Accent, or, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're you're taking the right move by trying to describe the album by the yeah. by the pictures on it. Exactly, I'm, I'm, dude. I'm just bur- bu- butchering the pronunciation of all this. Yeah, stuff. I don't even want to try like a complete it, dude. Dumbass. I see those like little dots over the letters, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I have no idea how to say mm-hmm. that. So I don't know. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> no way, bro. No way. It's the one that goes doo doo doo. Yeah. yeah, that one. Oh, dude, that one's sick. It's the one where the guitar goes. Oh. Yeah, yeah, man. But I, I fucking met uh, Gustav after that show, dude. That's so cool. He was fucking. Oh, I saw that picture. I saw that picture. Yeah, yeah. He's so fucking cool, man. Like he, just, I was just looking at the guitar player's pedals. I was like right. tripping out on him and just like seeing what dude. he had. And then he just popped up on the side of me, and I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> 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 I was like, "Oh shit, it's Gustav, dude." Yeah, dude, that guitar player rips so hard. Yeah, he's His badass, dude. You could insane. you could totally you could totally tell he loves Hendrix, dude. Yeah, it's insane, dude. He's got this the beat up white strat. Like I've never heard anybody with tone like his. Like yeah. his tone is so unique. Oh, dude, did you did you see that um 
that like live stream they did like when like in the middle of covid or something no dude i only saw like a little bit of it but um i i caught it they were like streaming on facebook but they were having like audio issues with it oh but like dude it sounded so good dude damn and i i I bet you anything it's probably on youtube nowadays i heard about that i remember hearing about them doing that now that you brought it up it was so good dude it was like reminding me of like pink floyd like live at pompeii days like the way it was filmed and everything and like Mm -hmm. dude i i can't recommend that enough (laughs) that's wicked (laughs) that's wicked but that that Haxon album is is freaking awesome too, man. I yeah, mean, all this shit's just mind mind blowing, mind melting, mind blowing. Oh, I was I was trying to find um that album, and because like I could have bought it at that show I went to, but mm-hmm. um I just didn't for some reason. Yeah, but um I I was trying to find it, and dude, like you can't find them, dude. You you the only ones you could find they're like three or four hundred bucks dude <laughs> the hawk song yeah, or the dude, other one for the vinyl it's ridiculous like two with the owl on it yeah dude dude i saw those at a shop here in costa mesa dude buy it dude they had like eight copies of it buy them dude buy all of them dude i'm seriously <laughs> like there's like seriously like i saw it online like everyone i could see was like over 200 bucks dude really yeah oh shit Maybe I gotta go over there. Buy those, dude. I'll buy one off Damn. you for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll ship it to you, man. I don't care. Hell yeah. I'll totally do that. All right, I'll look into that. Yeah, man. That sounds crazy. Yeah, there's vinyl like that, dude. You never know when it's like hitting big and you just gotta know Damn. You know? Shit. You gotta know when to strike when the, 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 the iron's hot, you know? And yeah, the store I bought this with, the guy looked at this like he had no idea what the fuck it was. So I'm I'm guessing they just got it on a whim, you know, and and like don't know what it is. Had no had no idea how good or you know how yeah, popular no it would idea. be. <clears throat> I didn't think no it would idea. be as popular as it is now either, and that's why I'm like blown away that Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck, dude? These are selling for like well, three hundred bucks now? Like yeah totally blown away yeah well so it's and it's it's cool because like this is basically like i had in my mind a vision of what i wanted to do with with uh king tree and the earth mothers yeah and then my buddy showed me dunyan and i was like fuck somebody's already doing it (laughs) (laughs) it's exactly what you were thinking of it's exactly like it's the sound i heard in my brain Mm. and i was so that's what trips me out so much about it i'm like they're just doing all the coolest shit hell yeah without even thinking about it yep yeah that's the that's the same way i feel about them too i'm like dude like they just they're firing on all cylinders man yeah they just got they know exactly they're hitting all the styles that they need to hit Right. Anytime like Gustav like busts out the flute, dude. Oh, oh my god. It's so <laughs> rad. Oh, it just makes it sound so sick, dude. And the keyboard sounds are like are you kidding me? Like some of the keyboard sounds they get on it. The drum sounds, dude. Oh. The guitar sounds, the bass tones. Everything. Dude. All the tones are just like so unorthodox and amazing sounding and you know what i i feel like it's it's funny because like 
the reason that they're not as big as um, they should be is because of their the vocals because they're not singing in yeah. English. <laughs> oh, dude, I I thought that's exactly my theory. I thought the same thing. I was like, dude, these guys could be like Tame Impala or yeah, whatever, dude. Well, yeah, or, but, or King Gizzard or something. Well, if you they know, sung in English. You know, like Tame Impala was influenced by them, right? Yeah, yeah. He says that specifically yeah, in could, an interview. He's like. He specifically says, like, oh, yeah, I ripped off Dunyan. Yeah. Like, specifically. And you can hear it, like, especially on yeah. that inner speaker record, dude. Like, dude, it's totally I was a bumping Dunyan. that today at the shop. I was bumping <laughs> that today. I was like, because we just got a bunch of copies in. So I bought one because I didn't, I didn't have a copy of it yet. So I bought it. The uh, 20th like, oh, or the 10th anniversary or whatever. We didn't get a special edition of it, but I, but I think uh, the manager, my, the, the owner of the shop I work at, he just bought a couple copies of it. Um, because I think either people had been asking about it or he he caught wind that people were looking for it, and uh, we got like four copies in, and I was like, "Yo, I want one of those. I don't have one yet." So I like I bought it, you know, cracked it open. And I was like, "All right, I'm fucking slinging this shit. I'm gonna listen to this like three times a day until I'm tired of it." <laughs> you I can love totally that. hear it. That's it's one, a, and that's a great record too, man. Oh yeah, dude, that's my favorite. Uh, Tame and Paula album, that Same. one, and then uh, the EP before that. Oh yeah, that one's dope. The one with the half. People don't know about that. No, one. yeah, that's. Nobody I think that's their best that record. Well, quality wise, no, but like sound wise, like yeah, like you know, I'm mean? just the way it like comes across is like the delivery of like the sonics and stuff. Just like oh man, so cool. That song, uh, half glass uh, full of wine. Yeah, half glass full of wine. Fuck, yeah, so dude. good. <laughs> That fucking so rips, man. That's such a good yeah, song. It does. So yeah, I, I love that. You know, Dune. You know, Kevin Parker's all influenced by Dunyan, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I had no idea until he dropped. He name dropped that, and I was like, "Oh, right. dude, it makes so much sense." I was like, "Yeah, oh, shit. absolutely, yeah, <laughs> absolutely." Well, and I, and I remember, uh, I remember my friend showing me Dunyan and, and him telling me the same thing. And this was probably six or seven years ago. And my friend was like, dude, you, dude, this is the band that Kevin Parker bought. This is a secret, you know, band that Kevin Parker name dropped. And like, I looked him up and I'm like, listen, dude, he's ripping him off. I'm like, dude, you're right. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. These guys are way cooler than Tame Impala. Oh, oh my God. Man. And ever since, like, you know, I heard Kevin talking about that, and I'm like, dude, like, so much of his stuff is, like, a rip off of, like, right. other people's stuff. Like, he even says it, like, um, that song Elephant, um, he said he ripped mm-hmm. that from uh, a Beach House song. Oh, interesting. Yeah, he said, like, it was, like, um, I forget how he said it, but, like, it was just, like, a different way he heard that. Like, it was, like, the same... Uh, BPM and everything, and he just yeah, and so like I listened to him back to back, and when you you listen to him like it's it you could hear it right away, huh? But they sound like completely different songs, like if you think about Wild. it. But yeah, if you listen to them side by side, it's like you could totally hear it. That's wild. <laughs> it's a trip, dude. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I mean, the Beatles did the same thing though. You know, they they rip so many greats. You know muddy waters and chuck berry do all the rock and sure. roll stuff you know so you know you i nobody's stuff is uh 
you know, that original, you know. Nobody's stuff is that original. Yeah, we're all kind of imitating to a degree. Yeah. Tell me about your uh, beginnings with music. Like, what was your, uh, like, first instrument when you started playing? Was it guitar? So, I actually took piano lessons when I was, like, eight. Um, And uh, it just didn't go well. I just wasn't coordinated enough to do it. Um, <laughs> it's I, hard, and I, man. And I didn't, I didn't want to do it either because it was like, you know, they're trying to teach you Mary had a little lamb, and it's like, I don't want to play Mary had a little lamb. This I want to boring. Like, yeah. I want to play cool stuff, you know. <laughs> I don't even know what cool stuff is because I'm eight years old, but I want to play, you know, I don't know. Yeah. What's cool keyboard sounds? I want to play like cool <laughs> rock and roll piano or something, you know. Yeah. I don't want to play Mary some, had a little lamb. Some Jerry Lee Lewis. Right something, off the bat. yeah, dude. I don't know. I didn't know anything about the doors or anything like that, but I was like, whatever that is, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then it was right around that time that I think like um I got into Green Day and oh, like shit. like uh like American Idiot was coming out around that time or maybe, you know, shortly after that and I just that was just on constant rotation at my house huh. and um and uh yeah and then i was just all about it i saw billy joe armstrong and i was like oh that's that's cool i like that like i want to get into that yeah so uh so i really wanted a guitar so i got a little tiny acoustic guitar when i was 10 and uh i just couldn't get it my fingers just couldn't get the uh it just wasn't clicking i just wasn't didn't have the fine motor skills or whatever just hadn't developed in my brain quite yet (laughs) Uh, let me let me say this really quick like one of the first times i i remember like playing a chord was it was my older brother he played guitar and uh he was trying to teach me like a creed song (laughs) Uh (laughs) and it was a g chord and i remember just trying to play the chord and like just i could not make each string resonate dude and i was like oh i can't get it yeah i got so frustrated i just couldn't it just wasn't it just wasn't working at all i couldn't get it to work (laughs) yeah um, and then what happened after that? And then like, and then I was like, oh, it's cause I, I, I'm not playing an electric guitar. I need an electric guitar. Yeah. And then I was like equally bad on electric guitar. So I just gave up for a couple of years and, um, and then probably around, uh, 12 or 13, um, my dad showed me Van Halen. He's like, have I ever showed you Van Halen? And I was like, no, I've, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> the first song on this CD is Eruption, and my brain just goes, <laughs> like, dude, I don't know what I've been trying to do my whole life, but it's the wrong thing. That's what I should be trying to do right there. I want some of that. So I, so I, I slowly came around to being really interested in playing music again, and even my mom was like, I think we should, like, try to get you guitar lessons again or something, you know? Cause like you're, you're not really, you're like losing interest in playing baseball. I played baseball for like eight or nine years when I was a kid. Huh. Um, I did karate for, for like five <laughs> years. Uh, I did a couple other things, but those were the two things I remember doing a lot and, <clears throat> and really being, uh, interested in before I got it, really got into playing guitar. Right. And so uh, she found this guy in Craigslist that was a Berkeley School music music graduate, and got us hooked up with lessons. And then it 
fucking clicked. Like it just immediately was just like, oh, I, I can do these chords now. Oh my God. He taught me Orange Crush and I learned it in like a week and I was like, dude, I can play this. Like I can, holy shit, why can I, why can I do this now but I couldn't do it before? It's probably because my hands had gotten bigger, you know, and I was just uh, overall more coordinated with those sorts of things. I don't know what happened, but I was just, I was just rolling through it. And so within like six months, I was learning, learning leads and learning the blues scale and learning how to play solos and stuff like that and was progressing really fast. And sick. so he goes to my parents and he's like, he needs a better guitar. Like he can't play this crappy little, you know, super strat hundred dollar knockoff. Like <laughs> he needs a better guitar. Yeah. And, uh, and so they got me a better guitar and, and then, that was pretty much it. You know, once I got that, it was just like, fuck school, fuck this, fuck that. I'm just going to be a guitar player. I'm going to learn how to be, you know, whatever. I'm going to learn every Jimmy Page guitar solo. I'm going to learn every Jimi Hendrix guitar solo. I'm Dude, that's freaking, badass. You know, I just, I just went full bore into it. Um, so you had, like, you, you already, like, you had knowledge of those people, like, at that age, like, because of your parents or... No, this was because of my guitar teacher. Oh, um, this is this is when I was like thirteen, I think. Damn. Um, and uh, my my dad showed me Van Halen, and then and then I knew about Led Zeppelin, and I knew about like the Beatles, and I knew about Jimi Hendrix, but I didn't get fully into them. And my guitar teacher was like, "Oh, check this out! Check this out! Check this out!" Sick. And then I was like, "What? Oh, dude, god. music is so cool! Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Whoa!" It wasn't until I was like in my mid twenties that I oh, hit wow. that that you know, I was like starting to find out like really getting into like Hendrix and Pink oh, okay. Floyd and all that and sixties stuff, right? So interesting. So that's awesome. You you know you found that out early, dude. Yeah, it was a it was a really <clears throat> really quick process just getting into all that stuff and just absorbing it really fast and um, and at the same time I was dealing with. I was actually dealing with this sounds really funny, but a, a video game addiction. It was like I was like addicted to World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, it, I used kidding, to play dude. it too. I, I it was dude, fun. I would I would play like I would have like eighteen hour days oh, shit, in the dude. summer of playing World of Warcraft <laughs> wow. and like grinding my character. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what character so, was it? <laughs> it was a it was a I think it was like a, a blood elf paladin or something. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Oh shit. I was I was obsessed with that fucking game. <laughs> and right around the summer that my parents were like, "Okay, you got to stop doing this shit." I found guitar and I was like, "All right, we're going straight from World of Warcraft to electric guitar." And there was some overlap, you know. There were some times where I'd like shirk on the guitar and kind of sneak back over to the World of Warcraft thing, but it was it was a gradual transition from like, "All right, I'm going from being a video game kid to a guitar kid." Like <sighs> You know, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this thing and kinda <laughs> get the guitar thing going and yeah. replace one addiction with another healthier addiction. Yeah, way healthier addiction. Because yeah, it doesn't do anything, dude. It, it wastes so much time. Dude. It's such a waste dude, I literally lost a year of my life to World of Warcraft. If you <sighs> if you went on my I don't know I don't know my account information anymore. I have no idea how to get on. I have a character on there. That I guarantee you has probably three hundred days of playtime on his. <laughs> that you could probably sell for like That's a lot of money. That's just logged into the character. That's just logged into the character, and that was like they've come up with like five expansion packs since I stopped playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It's like insane. So, so yeah, dude. I was like, 
I went from being like a video game kid to a fucking, you know, guitar kid, like over a summer and it was just really fast. Like, all right, I guess I'm doing this now. I guess this is what I want to do with my life. Like I really want to be a professional musician. And I kind of earlier, you know, when I was talking about Robert John the Wreck, that was kind of the gateway into me becoming an actual legitimate professional musician because, uh, cause I had been working at restaurants and stuff for a long time up until the time I met them and sort of finding gigs here and there that were paying. But it uh-huh. wasn't until I met them that I got connected with the right people to be able to do, you know, bar gigs every weekend, three to four nights a week, uh, all the time to help pay my rent and stuff. So it was like Sorry. in, I think in 2018 I logged, I want to I want to say I did 195 gigs. I think that was the number. Damn. Which is an average of like th- you know 3 to 4 gigs a week basically. That's awesome. Um, and that was where all my money came from that year. It was like I was I was legitimately, you know, that was legitimately the year that I was actually, you know, I'm doing this for a living now, like pretty much full time. Um and 2019 was a continuation of that, but I just, I got the world stage gig kind of as like just, uh, uh, supplemental basically. So I wouldn't like be stressing so much about money, you know, I would have made ends meet, but it just would have been really iffy. Yeah. And that was like a lucky, like comfort zone gig that just kind of came up and was like, Oh, well this is easy. Like, I don't really do anything nine to five Monday through Friday anyways, you know? Yeah. I do everything at night cause I'm a musician. So this just works. Yeah. And you were like, how old at the time? Uh, when, when this stuff was two years ago. Oh, the, um, you're talking about like these early gigs, right? Or, Oh, okay. So, so that's like, that's like, uh, like when I was first started getting connected with stuff, I was maybe like 19 or 20. Okay. So I wasn't, I wasn't professional. Like I wasn't doing music full time yet. Yeah. Um, and that kind of, that, that's around the time when I started, um, kind of conceiving of the King tree and the earth mothers thing. Okay. Like I knew I wanted to make a statement. I knew I wanted to make like a, a record, you know, I wanted to make kind of a cohesive thing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and, and that was probably around the time of 1920, which at the same time was when I was, uh, I was in a band up until I was about, I wasn't, I don't think I had, or maybe I had just turned 20 and the first band I played in, which was with Adam Ditt, uh, yeah. the bass player of Creatures Choir, Kaleidoscope dissolved. Um, and then I wasn't playing with anybody and I was just sort of like, you know, doing acid here and there smoking (laughs) weed drinking here and there and then like writing music and working on demos and like trying to hone in on this sound that i heard in my brain that i really wanted to get out there sick and uh i think it was probably around 21 or 22 that it fully manifested and i started i started writing all the songs that went on the first king tree and the earth mother's album so like all those songs are like pretty old songs or Yeah, so they're all uh they're all from 20 let's see <clears throat> four five uh so I'm I'm 26 now. Yeah. So that would have been 5 
four or five years ago yeah i started Damn. i finished all the demos of all that stuff four or five years you're still years a young ago. cat man still a young <laughs> cat. and uh and and basically i basically just re-recorded them like two or three different times you know until i got to the point where i was like i don't feel like a scrub for putting this out how it sounds right now you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna make myself broke by going to a studio and then eventually finding out that this isn't the sound I'm looking for. You know, I'm going to try to like kind of, kind of, uh, get the performance right. And sort of sculpt the sound as much as I possibly can to get where I need it to be, you know? Um, so I think it was, I think it was around 2018 I started doing the final actual fun because it was like I did like two rough drafts of the album, the whole album, um, which at the time was actually eight songs, um, and then finally got a place where there was like a got a place where there was like a decent drum sound, um, which actually was in Riverside. Um, it was actually at uh, Jacob Mayer's place that he was living at at the time, uh, in like a basement. Huh. And it just had a great, like, muted kind of 70s acoustic sound. It was, like, against a brick wall, and there was, like, carpet everywhere, and, like... That's where you recorded that? That's where I recorded the drums, yeah. <laughs> just the drums, or with the whole thing? Just the, dr- just the drums, uh, oh, okay, yeah. Okay. I, re- I, recorded, I recorded the whole album at different places. So, wait, wait, did you record the drums? I did. I played the drums. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought it was yeah. uh, someone else. No, okay. I did all the I did all the instruments because I oh so you played the bass as well yeah I played everything fuck on that yeah album. dude yeah I thought Adam played the bass I wanted him to but but we weren't um, I'm just gonna say we had a bit of a communication breakdown at that time okay and uh, we were just it's not for any specific uh, interpersonal reasons it was just uh huh. I wasn't communicating effectively. He wasn't communicating effectively what we wanted. And so it just came to the point where I just made the executive decision where I was just like, you know what? I've been sitting on these songs for four or five years. I'm just going to do everything. Because I know exactly what I want to hear at bar 13. I want the drums to do this. And I want the bass to do this thing. And I want to hear, you know, I had, I literally had the entire song more or less composed, even down to, you know, bass fills basically you know Sick. with with a few discrepancies right with a few variations you know i wanted to leave enough room to improvise but i but i had stuff written out in my head to the point where it's like okay i i know exactly what i'm going for i know the vibe i'm going for i know where this needs to be for me to play it with intention and play it like it matters rather than it sounding like i'm just kind of exploring which is fun in its own right but i wanted to play stuff that had purpose and um it was basically sort of trying to match the audio to what I heard in my brain, you know, because I had this outline in my head. I heard all those songs in my head. I heard the ideal version of those songs in my brain for years and years and years. And it bugged the shit out of me until I finally got as close as I possibly could, which is the album you hear now. You know, I can say pretty confidently that I'm like, it's, it's about as close as I'm going to get. Yeah, and and you could totally tell. I mean, it's it's really honed down and uh, very well written. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, 
yeah dude i mean no problem it's i just i hear it and it's just you know it's pretty obvious i, I mean you it's really well thought out and um yeah man it, it's uh I'm surprised that you recorded all that, dude. I was totally thinking it was... Because, like, from what I've known, it's always been the three Ps. Right. Like, from what I've seen live. So I just assumed that's what it was in the recording as well. Well, the thing that happened, too, is, like, like, when I was writing all that stuff, I wasn't really playing with anybody. And actually, actually, a a lot of that was written when I was actually playing drums in a band um i was playing drums in this group called professor colombo for oh, about a year and a half right and you guys played yeah. the jam in the van right? we did play at jam in the van yeah we did jam in the van and and i had been saying the entire time with that group i was like dude i'm not a drummer like i can play drums but i don't want to be a drummer like i said that from the get-go so finally we got into a position where we could get um get our friend to play drums and I could play guitar and it made sense. But, but yeah, like, like when I was playing drums in that band, that was actually when I was writing all that music. So, so I guess, you know, there was one good thing that came out of that cause it did make me a better drummer, you know, playing drums in a band and good enough to like, you know, play to a click and be able to nail some of the fills I heard in my head, um, to a degree on the recording, you know, uh-huh. dude, that's sick. I, I had no idea you got down on, drums and bass like that i mean it sounds super clean on the the album oh thanks man i i really appreciate that man that that means a lot well yeah my pleasure dude i mean it's it's awesome to hear it and uh so yeah i mean mainly that that is what uh this whole episode is supposed to be about we've kind of been rambling but yeah uh uh, king tree and the uh earth mothers um album that is uh self-titled right yeah so um and that that came out 2020, right? Yeah, that, I I finally put it out June of 2020. Um, the album the album had been fully recorded, so actually what happened was the album was was finished uh, tracking and everything um, as of September of 2018, I think. Huh. And then Robert John of the Wreck went on a European tour, and I brought my laptop. And my backup hard drive. And we were on the last show of the tour uh, in Spain, about an hour outside of Barcelona, in an area that looked super unassuming and pretty safe, you know, like it looked pretty fine. We went to get a paella lunch. You know, we were there for like an hour and a half, came back. Somebody had popped the window open on this Sprinter van we were in and stolen all of our backpacks out of the, oh. the back seat. Through a pop-out window? Yeah. Oh my god, yeah. dude. Yeah, they like went around the edges with like a razor blade or something, and then like popped it out or something. You know what? You know those windows that like Sketchy, pop in, like the window dude. was. Yeah, they like popped it in and climbed in through the window. It must have been a small dude. Like climbed in through the window, grabbed all our shit, and bounced. What? And so we got back to the the van. The window was popped in. All our backpacks were gone. So I was like fuck dude good thing i saved my drum tracks and bass tracks but i have to redo literally everything else on the album wow yeah so i i came back from that tour and so uh throughout 2019 whenever i had time i went into uh my buddy had this studio i think he still has it actually as a studio in in westminster redid all the vocals redid all the guitar tracks um for the whole record 
and then and then it was ready by I think I think by September of 2019 it was ready like fully tracked rather um and or no 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 yeah 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 that's right because uh, because I had at the time I was I was actually living with Bradley um for Creatures Choir so I had him play percussion he did a few I think he did some some like bongos and and maracas and just light percussion you know but I just wanted him involved because I was living with him at the time mm-hmm. um and he's a homie you know he's a really really great dude really you know one of my best friends um and uh it just made sense at the time uh uh and then and then yeah so it had, it had, it had been fully tracked since September but I had just kept going back and forth you know that thing when you you try to mix something yourself and you keep going back and forth on options with it. So I, I just, I mixed that album for hours and hours and hours and hours, went to other people's houses, listened on their speakers, listened on car speakers, did this whole thing. And, uh, and I think probably around March, I finally finished the final mixes and it was right as the lockdown was happening. I went up to my buddy's house and finally, finished the mixes for it and um i was able to send him the stems to be mastered right before his studio closed wow so i literally like just got in just before everything got fucked up so it's like uh, studios like permanently closed now or no no no, it's fine okay he he worked at dude so he works at east west studios in la oh okay um which is like Sinatra recorded there back in the day. Beach Boys recorded there back in the day. Like it's a it's a pretty legit, yeah, uh, legendary I should say studio. Uh-huh. Um, he mastered it on some of the equipment there, um, and got in just before it got shut down. You know, in the first lockdown, like he's working there again now that things are open up again. But it's just at the time, yeah, man. At the time, everything was sketchy. Mm. So I got it and um, finally got all the masters back, and then uh went to a buddy of mine um roshi he's he's at dirty old roshi on instagram uh amazing artist and i just hit him up and i was like yo i need some art and i think i i think i actually had him working on this before uh the lockdown and i think during the first lockdown we finalized it and he put some text on it and i was like all right i'm ready to go i'm gonna put you know go on uh what is it distro kid and just put it in and just do it and like put it out and like because if i think about this anymore you know every time you listen to something you just beat yourself up over it because you made it and you're going yeah oh, i shouldn't put this out i shouldn't put this out it doesn't sound good <laughs> and i'd be and like you know what fuck that i'm just gonna put it out i'm just gonna do it you, you have know, to know is... there's like a moment where you have to know it's a good time to yeah. walk away you know and yeah and you're like there's no i can't do this any better you know yeah this is it like this is it's not going to be true to the statement I wanted to make if I redo this any more than I've already done it. You know, there are imperfections, there are little, you know, weird things in there. You're just going to have to do it and like get it done. And sometimes that's the best part about it is the imperfections, you know? Yeah. It's if everything is perfect, then it's just, yeah, it's not as good, you know? Yeah. Well, we're not, we're not robots. We're not supposed to do, do perfect shit all the time. Yeah. I've been having this conversation with people recently too. Um, 
uh, I actually had this conversation on another podcast I do with Robert John the Wreck. Uh, right, I was going to ask. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, name drop that, dude. Yeah, so I, I, I we do a podcast, and we had a really awesome guest on last week. We had uh, Scott Holiday, the guitar player from the band Rival Sons, sick uh, on our podcast, which was awesome. I'm a huge fan of that band. I'm a huge fan of that guy's guitar playing, and uh, he was just you know he was very like you know. Um, adamant about his point of just like you know just let it roll off your fingers like be intentional about it and just like throw shit down and like let it have fuck-ups in it you know music's not supposed to be perfect we're human beings you know absolutely and i, I thought that was really cool that he was just like you know stick stick into his guns about that well yeah i mean you gotta think because i mean nowadays it's so easy to record like yeah. we we have laptops and things we could just yep. record anywhere but back in the day it was just yeah, like you could you have to just freaking you put it on tape and that's it and they would all record live as well dude yep. like you know so yeah i mean it's it's good to to bring it back home to the the early days for sure and how they used to do things so like i was gonna ask like what's um what's the name about um king tree and the earth mothers I, I think of king tree and the earth mothers like i think of that dumb tattoo you get at a party when you're like 17 or something you know <laughs> everybody has that dumb tattoo i mean i don't but you know what i'm talking about uh-huh. like you like you just go oh fuck it i'm gonna get a pineapple on my arm because it's dumb and i like <laughs> pineapples or something you know what i mean this was mine dude right here i got this exactly music it's just a treble clef with like music notes on it there you go (laughs) but it's but it's cool you know and so like it's literally this simple right we were hanging out me and a couple homies of mine it was actually adam um and uh our other buddy aaron um who technically was the original drummer of king tree and the earth mothers when we were just a living room jam band Uh we just jam in our living room and get stoned and you know jam like we didn't write anything we just jammed for like an hour and would just get stoned and uh we were just walking around and he's like dude what if there was a band called king tree and the earth mothers (laughs) who said that my buddy aaron oh the drummer yeah yeah and uh what if there's a band And King I just Tree like Earth. it just stuck with me, dude. dude it just funny. it just it just kind of became this dumb inside joke between us and I would bring it up to people and they'd go, dude, is that a real thing? And I'd be like they'd be like, That's a sick band name and I'd be like, <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm gonna do it. And then um, you know, a couple years later Adam was like, We should do this King Tree and the Earth Mothers, dude. Like, we should do it. Come on, let's do it. I'm like, No, it's dumb. He's like, No, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Power trio. <laughs> King Train the Earth Mothers. Let's do it. I'm like, all right, okay, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it. Because in my head, I legitimately had this vision. You know, I have this concept in my brain that's like, I know what this is supposed to sound like. You yeah. Know? And that, that, the, the, that first record is pretty much as close as I could get to, you know, where I wanted to center that sonically, you know, where I, where I wanted that to sound, where I wanted the kind of... Uh, beginning point of that to start from yeah that and and that's awesome that you were able to get that out dude like it's it's like such a relief 
to just be yeah. like, dude, like finally I get Well, and then and then I don't have to tell people anymore. Yeah, I'm working on an album. Mm-hmm. You know how like it's it's almost kind of humiliating and and depressing to just constantly tell people, "Yeah, I'm working on my own solo album." You yeah. Know? Like, "Oh, that's cute. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Good good for you, champ. Yeah, it's that's like, great." Yeah, tap your head and like, "Well done." Yeah, oh, nice, buddy. That's great. Yeah, good. They're like, no, it's done, bitch. It's out. You can listen to it right now. Yeah. It's called King Dream the Earth Mothers. Yeah. I was, I was at a party like like months ago, and, and, and uh, maybe it wasn't that long ago. It was, it, it was like after a show or something, and met these guys, and, and, uh, and everybody was, you know, drinking and stuff, and they're like, like, we were on the topic of bands or something. We were talking about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I played in a band called King Dream the Earth Mothers, and they're like, they're like so mind blown that this even exists. I'm like, dude, it's real. Like, it's real. Look it up. They're like, no way. I'm like, look it up on your fucking stupid Spotify. <laughs> Type it in. Look it up. And they're like, they're like mind blown it exists. They're like, dude, no way. It's real. What? <laughs> yeah, dude. It, it, it's so like uh, satisfying to be able to do that. And then people like, right. they're like, whoa. And they they actually look it up and they're like, oh yeah. shit. And they're like, dude, this is kind of cool. And you're like, great. <laughs> 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 uh, that's awesome man yeah i'm glad i'm glad you put it out because it's it's great um oh thanks brother yeah no problem all right that's gonna do it for this episode uh join us next time for part two uh it should be out shortly in the meantime go ahead and uh follow henry on his instagram it's hank jjs and uh follow king tree and the earth mothers and robert john the wreck and um yeah follow us at lava.wa.artcollective you could also follow my personal instagram it's at james.sterling.cooper lavawa podcast is also on twitter and my personal account is on there as well um yeah i look forward to putting out the next one soon um i hope you guys have a great week oh and uh don't forget to rate and review the show on whatever podcast uh platform you're using if it has that option it helps get the show out there uh appreciate it you guys uh have a great week ciao Love more podcasts.